When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football and game source we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows and if you can please give us a five star review wherever you get your podcasts plus if you can like share subscribe follow or do anything that you can to sports right here at the lakers fast break pop culture cosmos Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, the guys at LakersBall.com. During the regular season, be part of the great conversations that are had during game time at LakersBall.com. Because also as well, check out the great topics that they always have going on there at LakersBall.com. Plus also as well, our good friends at Lakerholics.com. Read the great articles Laker Tom and Jamie Sweet have right now for you at Lakerholics.com. Be part of the conversation there as well and our good friends of the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. And if you could support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, the Lakers right now are kind of in a state of flux, trying to figure out what to do as far as roster changes, trying to figure out what they're going to do for a coach with the continual rumors of coaches not being interested after what they did, and they did dirty to Frank Vogel which we here on the show agree that they did Frank Vogel dirty. It's not necessarily getting rid of him, per se, or letting him go, but the way they handled it, a lot of these coaches have a bad taste in their mouths when it comes to the Lakers, so the Lakers may not be the desirable location for any of these coaches once the coaching carousel begins. And here today to talk about that, Winning Time Episode 7, an NBA Playoffs update, and more. It's a good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check out his latest article today. At Lakerholics.com, it is Laker Tom. I know Laker Tom, we were arguing before we went on the show about episode seven of Winning Time, so we'll talk about that a little bit later. But right now, the important thing is the Laker coaching and also the trade rumors that are bound for Russ and AD, which are getting a little bit louder and a little bit louder. Didn't say they were as loud as Russ yet, but getting a little bit louder. Your thoughts first on the coaching situation. I'm not exactly saddened to hear that Doc Rivers was now rumored to not be interested in the Lakers position. I think you and I and and Joe are not exactly brokenhearted over it, but the fact that it leaves a bad taste in his mouth, the way they handled Frank Vogel, the situation upon him leaving it, to me, it sets a dangerous tone for everyone out there that might be up for this Lakers job, not Doc Rivers per se, but anybody else that might be interested in it. I don't know if I agree with that. First off, I do think that the Lakers mishandled the situation with Frank and he deserved, he deserved a lot better than that, but it's sort of a continuation of the same pattern we've seen as the season has gone along as that, that the front office and the coaching staff have, have slowly separated, you know, they're, they're no longer on the same page. Uh, In fact, they've become almost very adversarial in the last part of it. So it doesn't surprise me that this happens. I also don't think that that's going to keep any coach who wants to coach the Lakers from taking the job. But that's the um, issue. Well, how it, many? I, I think it'll move? be used. That'll be used by some people who don't want to take the job. But if if you want to coach the Lakers, if you want to coach the Celtics, if you want to coach the Bulls, if you've got a specific team that you want to coach, 
because of the franchise, the history of it, the willingness to spend money, the stars they have or whatever, you're not going to let anything like that bother you. I mean, at, at the, at the worst, I think it's going to make coaches address some of these issues when they're talking to the Lakers about the job, which is that, you know, I want to decide my own assistant coaches. I don't want to be given assistant coaches. I don't want to have Kurt Rambis and, and front office people coming down other than in scheduled times and practices. You know, I think those are things that most respected NBA coaches across the league generally want. And I, and I think that, that for a team like the Lakers, it's something that if, if we're talking about any of the good quality coaches, they're going to demand that. Frank Vogel wasn't in a strong position and Ty Lue has shown that he made the right decision. He got more money, a lot more money from the Clippers in a longer deal. So, you know, I, I'm not discouraged by the comments. I think that it's cost him a title though. Always tough for the Lakers because of the network that they use to fill every vacancy. You know, the fact that they won't go out and just look at everybody. Now they, they're putting on a, the same talk that they put on every time they have a vacancy, which is about how we're going to comb through the hills and we're going to interview broadly and we're going to look at all, we're going to think outside the box. But they're going to end up coming back and, and bringing in probably an experienced coach. I'd love for them to give Rondo a shot. I was answering a question about how well the Warriors play and, and so forth to, to somebody on the blog and and I had to admit that the Warriors, frankly, run the front office and run the coaching staff the way that I'd like to play. I like the way that they play. I like the strategy they use. And I like the ownership's approach to putting together teams. I've lost two granddaughters and a son who were Laker fans just because of the way the Warriors play. And it's hard being a Laker fan, especially during the Warriors period in Northern California. So, you know. Um, I respect all of those things, and, and I think that the Lakers are going to have difficulty getting – there are going to be some coaches who are going to eliminate the Lakers just because of the dysfunction of the front office, the family orientation of running the business. But it's a good enough job, and, and there's enough – it's a big enough job and high enough profile job that I think we have a good shot at getting somebody good. You know, we'll just all depend upon how the – how the uh, kitchen cabinet that uh, Jeannie's put together makes the decisions, you know. You're not going to disown any of your kids, though, are you? No, I didn't disown them, but it's disappointing, you know. I, I've i only saved my son, my grandson, Nick. Thank God he's a Laker fan. Okay, fair enough, fair but enough. It's, but it's frustra- it is frustrating, you know. It's I mean, unacceptable. Why couldn't I go up against the Pistons or the – No chance. You know, there's some of these teams like this. Why does it have to be a team that comes along and wins three out of four championships? sets a new record for everything, plays the game exactly the way that I coach it and, and tell everybody it should be played. It's really, it's a hard pill to take. It's not that hard to understand that because you have to also understand the, the, the clientele they have on the Golden State Warriors, and it starts with the main guy. By the way, it's the, Joe Sorrow from LakersBall.com. Como estas? Thank you very much. I, 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 I've got to let you talk more than two sentences, so petting my cat doesn't get. Yeah, that, hey, that's hey, that's my guy, man. He's, he's got to let him do his thing. So, so, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think we get enamored with the organization a lot in the NBA, when in fact, in the NBA – it's going to come down to the stars deciding how they want the organization to, to look. So you have Steph Curry, you have Clay Thompson, you have Draymond Green, the pillars of that franchise over the last, you can say 12 years, nine years, however long that those three have been there. And they're all unselfish. They are all team players. They are all giving they are all no drama. Now, Draymond, in terms of drama <laughs> on the court, messing with people, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about organizationally, he's not drama. So when you have that, it's a lot easier for a general manager, a coach, an assistant coach, fan base, an owner, to do their thing, similar to the San Antonio Spurs all these years, and have this setup that we all love. But the thing is, 
the Lakers don't really have those type of players. We have egotistical maniacs. It, uh, some of it is a compliment because that's what makes LeBron great. It's what made Lakobe great. It's what made Shaq great. So it's one of those things where there's more than one way to skin a cat, right? Gee, you know, you're talking about the cats. So we win ugly. We win pretty. We win with power. We win with finesse. We've had a history of that, right? We've always won in different ways. Golden State, San Antonio, they win one way. They win, oh, we're all a team, and let's let's do it together and all that. And What's the excitement in that if you're an observer, right? Because to me, looking at it as a Laker fan, this whole thing with the management sticking their nose in, I mean, they've been showing this, haven't they, on winning time where – and this is back in the 80s, before we heard about how Phil Jackson kicked out Jerry West in real life. I don't know if they actually kicked Jerry West out or Jack uh, kicked Jerry out on, in practice. I don't know that. I don't know if that's true. Maybe it is. But we do know that Phil kicked Jerry out when he was coaching the Lakers in the early 2000s. And that essentially created the departure. So... I think we we romanticize this whole we want to do the things the right way. And, and, you know, sometimes I fall into that line as well. But the reality is this is the L.A. Lakers, okay? The Golden State Warriors, I know their value has gone up, and I know that they've won three of the last whatever championships, but they don't hold a candle to the L.A. Laker brand. The L.A. Laker brand is only second to probably one of the premier soccer teams in the world. Man United. Man United. That's that's about it. Or Real Madrid could be another one. So if if you want to talk about pressure there, pressure and goal, I mean, Golden State had fans coming out for years. I watched those games, and they were very exciting games. The Antoine Jameson game with Kobe and, you know, all those years that they would play in Golden State. They had the Golden State fan base is very loyal. Lose, win, draw, it doesn't matter. So it's easy for them. And then, of course, San Antonio, San Antonio, San Antonio. There's no other sport in San Antonio. They became the epicenter of, of sports for them in that town. The L.A. Lakers is a completely Don't different Don't remind me of that. You know, the, 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 the sad part about that is if Kobe and Shaq could have just gotten along, uh, Tim Duncan might have only ended up with a couple titles. But, you know, that's another story for another day. But I think you make a good point, Tom, but I'm trying to – maybe bring the Homer side of this with some validity. The bottom line is I, you cannot compare any team, any team, not even Boston. Boston's won one championship in the last, what is it now? 36 years. It's, it's a different, it's, it's different now. It's just different. And even Boston to, in, 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 in many ways, especially with the way that the, the dynasty of the, of the Patriots and then the Bruins, and then you have the Red Sox. So they have a little bit more, you know, options there. Where in L.A. for the longest time, there wasn't a football team. We have the Dodgers, but they were terrible until the Guggenheims bought the team. And Lakers, they're the show. And every little tiny thing is going to be scrutinized into something huge. And we fall for it. And we comment about it. And we start absorbing it and getting tranced into it. And here we are, still talking about management coming down and bothering people. After 40 years. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, though, it is something that we continually have to go ahead and see. I mean, there may be a different perception than both you, Tom, and myself have about the Lakers that the rest of the league has, you know, as far as it's concerned, because the way that they treated Frank Vogel. Well, you know, this coaching community that's there, it's a very tight knit community. But all, like Laker Tom says, all it takes is one. All it takes is one aspiring coach could be someone very promising you know like boston with an email udoka they didn't get a big name coach they got a hot assistant to come over and and that's how they got their job done with the lakers they may have to resort to that they may not be able to get the big name out there in coaching free agency they may have to go ahead and rely on a uh, you know a darvin ham that throw his name out there he's been out there for years as an assistant coach for milwaukee or like you said a rajon rondo that's out there or Phil Handy. Or, or, or Phil Handy. There, there needs to be, yeah, there needs to, if you look at the track record of the up-and-coming coach, if if the team respects that coach, 
i.e. Yudoka. Because they did right away. They just it really started to click after the the you know what the first half the first of the year. It really started to click in as far as the defensive end, but it also took a lot of inner turmoil to happen in Boston before right. they got everything worked out. And sometimes that happens. The issue is you have to be professionals. There's a scene in Winning Time where you know Pat's talking to Westhead about being you know these are men. These aren't college kids. So just talk to them, right? I think that's a very good point. And as far as the coaches sticking up for their fellow colleagues, I remember when, God, I've drawn a blank on the coach that LeBron fired. What was his name? Oh, the one where they were leading the Eastern Conference. Yeah, he, he, the, he the got Russian fired. Coach. Yeah, the uh, Russian coach. I completely drew, drew a blank. But I remember Stan Van Gundy was livid. And Stan Van Gundy uh, He gets livid at every coach. He gets true, fired. true. But <laughs> he's, he, you know, it, it, he did make a point. I mean, he, this is how we're just fodder. We're just, we, you don't like what one coach does, you know, even though you're leading the, the conference and you just fire him. So there's, there's, it's a, it's a player's David league. Blatt. David Black. It's a player's league and it's become a player's league even more because of LeBron. And he's kind of started the whole you know, I'm I'm more of a brand than 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 loyal to a team, and that's which is that's, probably why they didn't hire Tyrone Lue. No, they didn't hire Tyrone Lue because Tyrone Lue said, "I don't want to play for the amount of money you're giving me." Well, no, but I and they pick, could have offered they, him the right amount of money. I think that they made it assistant. hard. I think they made him turn it down. Well, you guys and, and have here, to look at this. Well, they, have, wait. Here's a, here's an important point that I think is going to be a critical criteria for the next Lakers coach. And there's been numerous, just listening to the various quotes from Vogel or the quotes from Palinka on what they're looking for in a coach. I get a feeling that they feel that Frank was soft, that Frank didn't demand that people do things, mm-hmm. that Frank, I agree. rather than raising his voice and chewing somebody out, would just make the change, you know, you're not going to play and so forth and explain to him in very reasonable terms, you know, uh, very unemotional terms that, you know, this is what I've got to do for the best of the team. There's a lot of different styles of coaching and, and every single coaches that treat everybody the same don't last in the NBA any longer because it's a player's league, like Gerald says. So the key thing though, is that I get a feeling that Vogel didn't call AD and LeBron to task at the same level that he did other players, that he didn't hold them as responsible. And that as a general result, the entire team didn't hold themselves accountable for bad plays. And I think that they're looking for a coach. And it's interesting. I'd like to hear what you both think of a, of applying that principle to the various coaches who are in the carousel. Who do you think is the best coach for the standpoint of getting Let's say this, Joe's brought up the point of leadership on the team several times, and and it's a very valid point for the simple reason that if your two best players don't hustle their butts off, how the hell can you expect the rest of the team to do the same? And there are a lot of times this season when LeBron James and Anthony Davis weren't putting out their best effort. So you need a coach who they respect, but you also need a coach who's going to call them out and going to hold them accountable because that's the only way you ever get a team to play together is you have to have your leaders be the leaders on the floor too. You can't take plays off. You can't not rotate. You can't do that type of stuff. And and you need a coach in the Lakers and you need a coach who's going to demand that of everybody on the team, including the superstars. And that's the way I believe that LeBron James and Anthony Davis want to be coached. It's the way that everybody really wants to be coached. You want a coach who's hard on you, who will really praise you when you do the things right, but who's going to call you down when you don't, no matter who you I, are. I don't think LeBron is like that. Maybe AD, definitely not Russell Westbrook. Yeah. The, the first the first task has to be Westbrook. They're going to hire a coach before Westbrook is out of a Laker uniform. They're going to have That's to That's the promise. first thing they're going to tell every new applicant My, is know that Westbrook is gone. My yeah, my First thing they'll tell them. My and, and maybe because I'm not, I've never been an NBA head coach. I'm sorry, guys. This is a cutthroat business. I, I appreciate that you're sticking up for your colleague. Much respect. I think you have every right to do it. 
and you're validated too. It's very true. But the problem is you were right that he was soft. And that was something that I did not like. I think he was the company man. He is the company PC guy. And I don't like that. I don't like that all the time. I like it, you know, normal, but I also like, Hey, I feel like the last interview you did that felt like that was the first time I saw the real Frank Vogel where he's like, I have them told me bleep, you know, well, and, then you set the tone. You set the tone when you accept that when you took the job. You know, I mean, look, I, I refuse to. I refuse to the way you allow them to treat you. I I refuse to think. I refuse to see that all of a sudden Frank Vogel forgot how to coach this last year. Something happened with this team, and the and no one has really talked about it. And I, maybe I'm overthinking it. Ultimately, it, it changed when Russell Westbrook came to L.A. So I'm assuming that's what it is. If we end up getting rid of Westbrook for whatever, I don't care if it's for a cell phone, okay? Yeah, I don't care if it's for a cell phone or a lamp. I don't care if there's return value. Just gone off the team. And then all of a sudden we get a coach, and all of a sudden they start to play defense the first month, and we're 11-4. and four. That's it, guys. That there is no more like wondering anymore at that point. It's going to come down to that. And I is there ultimately any now really. There, Seriously, I have never seen a team this talented play this bad. This play is this not. Bad. LeBron was a thirty-point score. AD may may have played the half the year. Lost the team. The coach lost the team completely. The coach lost the team. The, Russell Westbrook sabotaged the team. Everyone else around them were and LeBron just, and AD got hurt. Were jilted, and then half the year. Uh, AD didn't play, but the, when he did play, he did at least play. You know, he showed AD's skills. So which coach, which coaching candidate do you think can best solve that problem? Which Unfortunately, I the one guy I want is, uh, they're not even, there's not been any word on him. I, I want Jay Wright. I want Jay Wright. Well, not, yeah, the college coach is probably going to be a real stretch, man. Yeah, I, that's the guy they're, that I feel like has. They don't has, think out, they're not thinking that far outside the box. I don't know how good Darvin Ham is. I, I mean, we know that Terry Stotts has got some skill set. Steve Clifford uh, has somewhat some skill set. How about Mike Brown? You no. know, I, reason Move Mike on. Brown came to my mind. No, no, he doesn't wait, have wait, to. Wait, before you both, before you both scream your heads off, the reason that I'm Mike Brown came saying, to my mind, the reason that Mike Brown came to my mind was because of how well, how well coached Golden State Warriors are as a team. But he's already on the list. He's already on the list of No, I know, but well, I've never well, no, I've never, I've never considered LeBron him because fired. I was afraid he might want to put in the, you know, some crazy offense or something. But he's already been on the list already. He's already on the list of coaches. <laughs> he was the list. No, he wasn't on the serious list as far as you I know. Concerned. I'm going to no, say this. I'm saying he's on the list of coaches that LeBron has got I'm going to say this though, Tom. Come back there. He doesn't need well, to go back on that I'm list. I'm going to say this, Tom. In 12 in 2012, he didn't coach bad. Now, I know he had Snyder and 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 Clifford on that on, on that staff, they did a really good job. I remember t- mentioning to a few of my friends, I was saying, "Man, this, this he's he's got some good setup here." And I'm I'm sorry to say this, but we lost that Oklahoma City series because of Kobe and Gasol. They screwed up in several games in that in that series that cost us that series. And I don't blame Mike Brown on that. The problem was it's the following year, and yeah, that's the yeah. issue with. Being a Laker, being a Laker coach, being a Laker and executive, there is no year-by-year situation. It's about what did you do for me literally two minutes ago? If you didn't do anything for me, no, we're going to cut 18 you in months half. Ago. 18 months ago, let's be fair. It's not two minutes. I, I, I might have exaggerated there, but it's true. I mean, we've, we've, we've destroyed Laker legends like Kurt Rambis, Luke Walton, Byron Scott, Magic Johnson when he was coaching. We've destroyed every great Laker because of the what have you done for me right now so I can be satisfied. But that's how the NBA works. You gotta keep up to date. If you if you it's worse with LA how the Lakers work. If you start to fall a lot behind, of franchises will be happy to win one championship every 50 years. Yeah but the, the league the reinvents Lakers. itself every five to ten years. I don't think don't it's like that in Boston. I think they look look how long Ainge stayed. Ainge had one, and I, I'm not saying he, he completely well, stunk he, his whole career because he failed. Well, <laughs> he was the there. You think you think Ainge would have lasted in L.A. as long as he did after all the botched? No, but that's first... ownership. They never. So, we have never hired a coach like they hired a college coach. We wouldn't the, do it. The, the, 
the thing is, it, there's patience in most places. There's patience in most places, except the LA Laker organization. We we have no patience, and we, we have no absolutely we napalm. Have no other than Genie thinking about it, we napalm everyone when when things don't work out. But this is a different situation. This yeah, was, but we bring him back. We bring him back. We bring him back, dust him off, and pop him back up there. Look at the, look at all the people we got. Everybody we got, we brought back. Who haven't we brought back? I I think it's it, we need to focus Kwame, on Kwame Brown. <laughs> you know, I mean, the number of people that we haven't bought back may be bigger than the number of people. I we never brought thought. Back I really never thought any. I never really thought it's anyone a family would be business. worse. It's like you Kwame know, you got Brown any cousins or nephews that need jobs? You got any any relatives of any sort that have a connection? It, it's a crazy way to run a business, man. That's a part of the reason why I think a lot of people within the NBA, they snicker and they laugh when it comes to the Lakers. because Yeah, they the laugh except they get their butts beat on the court. <laughs> not this past year they did. Well, not this past year. Since the Lakers won that title in 2010, they've won one title, which was awesome. <laughs> but what has their overall record been over that decade? It's pretty dismal, but... Yeah, yeah that's, but that's, that's not... probably a reflection of how the game has changed. No, it's no. That the was a result of a... Is it an organizational back. issue? Basketball issue? Is it? That was, no. I'm sorry. I'm not going to get off this. I know he's gone now, but David Stern derailed the Laker franchise when he vetoed yeah. that trade. Had that trade not happened, Kobe Bryant would have probably retired with seven titles, for yeah. sure six. And it derailed that it, the, his flagship team, and he derailed it. For what? Because that – Quicken, Quicken Loans a-hole in, in, in Cleveland was whining. Not only that, that, the trade, the trade they it, substituted it, was nowhere near as good. And the other jerk in Quicken Dallas was whining, Mr. Capitalism, and all of a sudden now he's like, can you stop this? We can't do it. They keep getting all the good players. Imagine, look what CP3 is doing right now in Phoenix. Imagine him 10 years early with Kobe. He What's loved Kobe, and they, Kobe loved him. Oh, what a this, I'm sorry, I will well, never that, get off that. That brings us to the good subject, which is – which is basically winning time. Well, not yet. To... Not yet oh, winning time. On, We're going to do Russ and AD because the rumors are out there. I mean, the oh. rumors are starting to fly on AD. They're starting to grow as many I as Russ. I wouldn't listen to any of those rumors. You wouldn't listen to the Knicks? You have to AD listen, guys. Because you have to listen. Much. If you do that, you're really talking about LeBron and AD. Yeah, well, right you're now, not going to trade one of them without trading both of them. I mean, frankly. Joe's seen them. Joe's seen the their articles are becoming a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. On, yeah, on about AD. a tenth of the number of the articles. They might be doing that though. G. They, they might be doing that for clicks. It might not be something coming out of Laker camp. Could be. Could but be. Let's just say. Okay, so let's let's talk, say what, what do you want to talk about? You were talking about the trades. We're talking about the trade rumors. So again, AD is is becoming a little bit more. Become a little bit I, I'm going to say so far this week, the, uh, keeping it to the updated information, not the rehash stuff. There is rumors that I've read. Uh, let's say rumor. I'm not going to say rumors. We know rumors. But right now, the one that I saw a couple times is it, for Westbrook is healed and Miles Turner. I've also seen Charlotte. There's Charlotte, also- is, Charlotte is there, but... Here's, here's in terms the of the, in terms, if, if you if you do the, the the Charlotte trade, you're you're doing more of a trash for trash, but you're, no, you're getting not. rid of tr- bigger trash. No, you're not. Well, here's he, here's the thing. Hayward doesn't but, play. Okay, he's, here's he's the thing injured. about here's the thing about the Lakers trading Russell Westbrook. First thing is, there are six teams that are possible candidates for the trade: the Charlotte Hornets, the Indiana Pacers. The New York Knicks, the Oklahoma Thunder, they're teams that are identified very easily. They're the same teams right now that will be there when draft day comes. Because in order to be qualified to be able to trade for Russell Westbrook, for it to make any sense, you got to have a bunch of guys on that are pretty good players, maybe a little bit overpaid, but have big multi-year contracts that you want to get rid of because you've got to pay a bunch of other guys that are becoming stars or you you – you want to avoid the tax or for whatever reason, it, it's, a financial, it's a financial trade. It's a financial trade. So there's only six that. people, only six teams that fall in that category that can happen. I don't know why Charlotte would make that trade. That That's dumb. They would make that trade very simply. I'll tell you, because they could get off of $108 yeah, million. But by, by having Westbrook be there, 
to, to Westbrook the for one team. year will cost them $47 million. In turn, they saved $108 million on Rozier and on um, Hayward. Hayward. Do those guys help us at And all? that's the same reason why the Pacers would make the trade, too, because they saved Brogdon's four years on Brogdon and three years on um, – on um, Turner, not on healed, on healed, and then Turner's all of these it. trades are based upon the fact that the other team gets cap space freedom and they save fifty million dollars. So you, it's not like another team can come out of here and say all of a sudden I want Westbrook because nobody wants Westbrook. Everybody wants to buy him out. Another team you might want to keep is in the playoffs now, which is probably going to get smoked here in a, in the next week or so, and that's Atlanta. They have a lot Atlanta of talent. Atlanta is a possibility because they, they also have, have some players they, that they'd like to get rid of. Because they've got to sign some players and think about yeah. extensions. And Gallinari? But it's, not, but it's not like there's going to be somebody all of a sudden says, I've got to have Russell Westbrook as my yeah. point guard. No one's, no one's going to be saying that. We understand <laughs> right. that. That person has retired three years ago, you know? Well, I'm just throwing uh, that out there on Atlanta because they but still That's, that's the good news from the Lakers because these are the deals that are out there. If a deal is made, it's going to be one of those six teams. And it's probably going to be the Pacers or the the first that's the first i'm sorry even more important to getting a coach at this point at least for me is getting rid of that guy once you get rid of that guy now you can start well not only that you get rid of him but you get two or three starters now they're starters because we only got two starters now the other everybody knows everybody else belongs on the bench so and whoever we get in these trades and fortunately they're good guys they're they're players who can play they may you, two of them, Brogdon, if we got him, or Hayward, obviously they're injury situations. But the Lakers have already announced that they're not going to make a trade with Hayward as the primary candidate from the Hornets. They want they want, uh, they want, want the point guard. They want Terry Rozier. He's the guy that they're trading for. They'll take Hayward because he's filler. But that's, you know, they're not going to pay a premium for that. And the same thing applies to Brogdon. But they, you know, they almost have to make a trade that brings back a point guard because we don't have a point guard. Although most of the deals that we have, really, you're only going to give up Russ and THT. You're still going to keep none, so you have a backup point guard. Are we keeping none, or are we going to trade him in a package? Since he's I don't think here. I don't think we want to trade him in a package. Somebody could have somebody asked for him and said the deal, give us none, or we're not going to do the deal. Of course, we're going to give him none. But I try to keep him simply because he's another piece that you don't have to include to make a deal. The deals that are on the table are going to start with Heald and Heald and Brogdon. That's on the table. And then the other deal that's on the table is Oubre and Hayward. Now you gotta you gotta work both of those deals, but they're both deals that somebody might even trade for Russ without a draft pick because they want to get rid of those guys real badly. It's the situation where you're taking this is a double dump deal. You're taking both teams normally would pay to get this deal done. You know? We gotta pay a we gotta give a pick to get Russ out of here. They gotta get a pick to get these Brogdon and, and healed out of there. So you got two teams dealing with each other when both are usually expecting to give the other team money. Now the Lakers are desperate, so we're going to probably have to get picks, but we can end up wrecking it the right way so that we get three players who are dramatic upgrades over what we had for those three players that started last year. Any, any chance the Pacers send three guys our way? And we well, give here's, them- that's, that's the deal that you go. You first go up and you talk to him about healed and, Healed and healed and uh, Brogdon, and then you say we'll give you Russ. And they say okay, we want Russ and a one and a first round draft pick. And you say, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll give you THT. You add Turner, and we'll give you a second. We'll give you two picks because you solidify all three of the other starting positions in a good it's, way, right? Getting the third player from the same team that you're getting the two first two players is the logical move for the Lakers to make. And THT is that piece that you add to Russ in the pick. Brogdon, point guard, healed, number two, LeBron at the three, AD at the four, Miles Turner at the five. That would save the li- – and, and hope that, that they all tr- play healthy. That would be a defensive – that would be right? a great team. But so that would be- how about this? This is also a great team. That would also be a mash unit, just so you know. Yeah, that would. that's the one concern you have. But you also have – when you because we, we got two guys in the mash unit and you're bringing in a third guy, so – but the other way is here's a deal that's also almost as good, which is that you make the deal with the Hornets. So you you're, you you want Ubre, they want to get rid of Ubre, but you don't take Ubre. Instead, you take Terry Rozier, which is what the Lakers have told them. Hey Joe, we might, for a coach, you might need to look into Hawkeye Pierce. 
So anyway, you got Rozier and you got Gordon Hayward. And the third guy you want, the third guy you want is P.J. Washington. Great name, by the way. P.J. Washington is a top 10 defender in the wing position. He's 6'7", and he shoots 43% from three. That's who we need, baby. And he's 23 years old. That's what we need. And he is the backup in case Hayward fails. Yes. If Hayward can't But why would they give us him? Small forward, you got your backup right there. Why would you give up? Why would you give him up? That's a deal that I almost like better. They're not going to give him up. Those are rare. Those are rare guys, man. Problem. I've read three articles, and the problem is is they have max contracts to give to Lamelo Ball and and Miles Miles um, Bridges. Gee, didn't you say they haven't paid the the luxury tax ever? You said never. Them and New Orleans luxury tax, and they have those two, which means in almost every article it says that means that they could move PJ Washington. And Charlotte already shot themselves in the foot, you got to remember, because with Miles Bridges, they declined his option coming into this year. So he is a restricted free agent, so they can match any had, offer. Had one so. of those beards. But he's going to get a monster offer. because Yeah, but they could have <laughs> saved themselves a buffer of a yeah. year had right. they picked up his option and they blew it. So now right. they got to go ahead and sign him sooner. And they're under pressure because two years in a row they have – Flat, flat on their face. And the big arguments is that they need to put better players. Well, they're in NBA purgatory more. right now. They're, they've hit, what, ninth and 10th the past two years? So that's really NBA purgatory right there for you. So we're you're, not, not, you're not doing well. We might not, playoffs, you know, we might not end up either. with a Russell Westbrook trade that makes sense. We might end, And if we don't end up with a trade with him, you have to realize that everybody who's we're talking to who's going to get Russell Westbrook, including ourselves, is not going to let him play next year. They're going to buy him out, and he wants to be bought out. John Wall refuses to be bought out, and everybody knows that Russell Westbrook is willing to be bought out. So Russell would be bought out, and then they would. Then Houston would trade him to L.A. to get to 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 do that, wouldn't he? Wouldn't well, they? let's say that let's say that he feels he can get ten million dollars. There's a team out there that his agent says will sign him for the MLE, ten million, because he's feel he gets to start over again. So. Take ten off of his forty-seven. He settles for thirty-seven million, and we and we wave and stretch that for three years. We'll do that before we'll bring him back. And the last resort would be bring him back with an idea of dumping him at the trade deadline. If you but wait till the trade deadline, play, they'll not be having done. him play at all. Yeah, they'll be done. There's no way. You don't well, want it, you don't want him poisoning the the next team. His, well, his, his exit interview was absolutely horrendous. It was horrible, man. He had no He took no accountability at all. Threw everybody under the bus. Threw Vogel under the bus. Really? Yeah. I mean, it was like, hey, man, I, I did a triple dive. I did a triple double last year, man. So anything less than that was a disappointing year. I mean, he has no recollection of the fans booing him. He has no recollection of the, the fact that he did so poorly. During it is the addition by subtraction, just the way that the Lakers treated Vogel. I thought that Russell Westbrook was totally out of sync with what was reality of his career and where he was, right? Yeah, exactly. Russell Westbrook him. still has a place in the NBA, but I mean, as he, a backup. I have always loved him. I supported him when we made the trade. Just because I love Russ and I but love how hard he plays. You can't depend on him to make shots. You cannot depend yeah. on anything. But a no, and, and he, he what he had to, was the worst year of his career. Yeah. yeah but again, it's everybody else's fault. But yeah. I understand it, that it diverts a lot of stress when it comes to Russell Westbrook. But yes, yeah. I don't want to wish him ill will. I hope he continues yep. his career somewhere else and, and actually rebounds his career to where, where it can get. Hey, I'm, I'm sitting in my ratty little house and he's in his million dollar mansion. So good for you, Russ. Yes, yes. Good for you indeed. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I don't feel like that people have done that as much, especially with this international release. You can get it out there right now. I know you can get it out there, but it, it feels like this time last year, people have just been like, oh, you can get you the Here's cell phone copy, version you know? that was taped somewhere where it's like, you know, shell shaky <laughs> has some dude or some family that's walking right in front of you as they're finding their seat with the popcorn already in hand. No, you know, come that, on, you, really? yeah, that version is already available. Yeah. But I mean, like with a mono I, sound, 
There you go. Oh, God. Yeah, that's that's the worst part. You only get sound on the left ear, yep. not the right ear. Something like that. You can find that version already if you really want it. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. We still got more to talk about on today's program. I'm just muting you for a second, Laker Tom, because I got an echo, so hopefully I can get rid of that here in a sec. It is the Lakers Fast Break. At Lakers Fast Break on Twitter, just to let everybody know, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. At Laker Tom on Twitter, or Lakerholics.com, or Ox1947. Joe Sorrow 5 on Twitter, at also as well, LakersBall.com. But before we head on out, before we start talking a little bit about the NBA playoffs, before we head on out, we, we are going to talk about winning time. Episode seven, and my gosh, they are getting truly creative, aka just fabricating everything under the sun when it comes to this show. I've just there's a great article that I posted on Lakers Fast Break that shows you all the things that they got incorrect or lied about on today's episode. And the episode that just dropped here, we got a chance to check it out. The first thing is is that we get to the point where yes, the the accident for Jack McKinney has already happened. The Lakers are about to go on a road trip because they have not been playing well. And if they don't play well, that there is a chance that Paul Westhead might lose his job. First off, that is incorrect. When when the accident happened, the Lakers won the five of their first six games. Not what is being portrayed on screen. Okay, The Lakers did not lose their first two games of the road trip uh, in Indiana and Detroit. Uh, that's fabricated right off the bat. And I've told these guys, I do not appreciate at all the way that they're portraying the way that Paul West had coaches because he was a competent coach. He was an experienced coach before he stepped into the NBA. He had years at St. Joseph. So I really don't appreciate that. And the fact is he went on to become a good coach, not a great coach. I'm not, not saying he's a great coach, but any man who goes ahead and coaches an NBA, WNBA championships for both those teams and also as well goes to the Elite Eight after death of Hank Gathers. You got to be a decent coach to go ahead and be able to do that. But the way they're portraying him is just a horrible. At least get the score right when they beat the Celtics. Yeah. 99-8-98 when it was yeah. 100 to 98. Yeah. And Michael Cooper hitting the game winner. Come on. Yeah. It, it was, that didn't happen. No, that didn't happen. And they blew out Indiana and Detroit in the first two games on the road trip. So it's really, it's not getting the stuff right. That, that, this sense. was the fakest episode. Yeah. I understand embellishing but these were outright. And I, uh, and I get satire. I get satire, but then it starts, to, you know, from the first episode to now, it's just getting more and more. And the creative liberties are getting larger. I did like, I, my favorite part of the show was when Irvin Sr. was talking to Kareem at the dinner table. I yeah, thought, that was, I thought yeah. that was. Those two are killing it. Absolutely killing it. They're, I, they're I really enjoyed the, the conversation there where he's asking his his you know, Irvin's magic's bad. Like where, where is this? And it may, it, it, in that two minute interaction, it, you, you felt an entire culture. You know, he understood where Kareem was coming from. Didn't you, you? You, yeah. You that actually, was... you actually got to that point where you're like, Kareem is trying to, and they kind of, you know, I, I've why seen. Why is he so happy considering the Why is he so happy? Because America, his know? parents, took him out of where he was right. and took him somewhere so he didn't have to experience. He experienced a little bit, but not as much. But right. at the same time, a lot of it is is in him. You know, from the moment he was born, he just, he was a happy baby. And we've, we've watched, I've watched enough documentaries on Magic and his, he, One he is coming a, up this week. Ma- Magic, Magic is the ultimate unifier in, in, in anything in life. Even even the the few things that he's done that's been questionable, it's still one of those guys. It's kind of like Jerry Buss. That's why they were so good together. You know, his Jerry Buss's ex wife still loved her ex husband or respected him or, or or gave care for him because Jerry was such a nice guy and Magic's such a nice guy. And it just the fact that it's something that it is puzzling to those who live. I'm I'm in that kind of same boat to a degree. I'm I'm like, wh- wh- why are you so happy? Like, what, is Apple going to be making a documentary of you two coming up? I'm going <laughs> to probably need a few things to happen in the next few years for me to 
Well, I'm not really big on documentaries anyway. I barely take pictures. Well, they call me magic is coming up this weekend, so I will be checking that out and reviewing that on an upcoming show. Just wanted to make sure everybody knows. But Laker Tom, your thoughts. And I again behind the scenes, we've been arguing back and forth on the portrayal of Paul West said some others. Chick Hearn is not getting any I love the dramatic license that they've taken with the players and, and the characters in the I'm show. waiting for Pat to, to I find sock it, I chick find in it the just face. Fascinating. I mean, for example. Well, he's already moved you, into. You as understand? You really understand? I made this point to you before too that I think that wait until the end of the show when you've seen how everybody comes out and is portrayed at the end before you criticize them for having picked up on your favorite person and maybe pay it a little fun with their traits because Terry more than a little example, fun. I found it was. Will you see the way that guy stuck with the team even when he wasn't the coach? And hung in there and did the right things and pushed and pushed and prodded Jerry Buss to do the right things. And the scenes of him in the car going crazy, you know, listening to the game on the radio and the stories of him not even being able to. Him and the driver giving each other the finger. During the game, you know, just because it tore him apart because he was so passionate about it. I love, I, I love that. Him. I love the way they did that. I love what they did with Jack, with Jack McKinney. I love what they've done with Westwood coming back. And I thought the biggest part of the show that maybe was really exciting was the relationship as it's developed between Kareem and Magic. Those two actors, those two young actors, had me totally watching Kareem and Magic at that age, not even thinking that that these guys were acting. I mean, Quincy's smile is as brilliant as LeBron, as as Magic's. Yeah, it I truly agree. is. I mean, it looks and, just like him. And the guy who plays Kareem, what, what's his name again? Solomon, I think Solomon Hughes. Uh, Boy, he is, he is he is just real. He nails it down. You look at this thing and you're, you're seeing those two guys. And I know that it didn't happen the way that it exactly happened and that they've taken great license to do it. But I thought it was a great show. And what I loved most about the show was the F Boston ending. That was just, just the greatest scene. I mean, the way that West had pull the team together the way that the way that 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 Westhead tried to get himself kicked out of the game and then was beaten to the punch by Riley it was really stunning and then for him to pull the F Boston in the huddle and rally him and I'm sure did that ever happen I don't I've never heard that story myself but it was a great story and they came out and they punched the hell out of the Celtics and I know they called it the invisible man issue but they probably should have named it the f boston this episode so i loved it it was my favorite of the show so far i did like the scene between west in the in the vehicle and the driver giving them each other the finger and uh you know because the driver was a big boston fan and of course the way that boston tried to diss and throw those little shades at, at los angeles even they threw it at jerry oh, that, and, and and believe me i watched those games with boston i'm old enough to have watched every one of those games and that is exactly the way the refs treated the Lakers in Boston. Year after year, playoff after playoff. I know. I, mean, I know. That's so, what, and that's that's what so makes biased. that's what makes it sad that if James Worthy had just inbounded that ball in game two in eighty four, yeah. the Lakers would have gone three and zero against the Celtics. Yeah. And they would have gone up two. We won five out of eight in the eighties. So <sighs> F Boston. They 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 were just one pass away from sweeping the Boston Celtics all decade and that series they would have won the first two in Boston that's how superior of a team Don they were Nelson bounced. there was a whole bunch of BS so, through the years Frank Selvey's missed open shot in 62 which is what set the tone and and that's what Jerry West said uh that you know when you lose the first one it's mm-hmm. that's what kind of it, it, you, you what had is, a better yeah what Jerry better, West said about the portrayal of him I haven't really heard that Jerry has remarked about that. Has, has no, anybody? but Gary Vitti said, he said, that's not how Jerry is. I know a lot of people have come to Jerry's Externally. He, he wasn't the madman he was portrayed. And- Externally, he's not like that. But that was probably what was happening inside him, which yeah. I get that you well, can't. He, was, he, was a, he had extreme problems in watching the games. Yes. He still does. Yes. Day, and I, I remember there was, there, there's just certain people that can't watch the games. I remember... Yeah. Vinny Testaverde's dad, back in the day when he was playing, 
his dad couldn't watch his son play because his, his, he go he, they yeah, were I, I a heart used to attack. like that when I was real young. I, I used to I used to be a crazy fan, you know, throwing stuff around and you know and jumping up and down and screaming out the window and so forth. I don't do that anymore. I wonder what I wonder what Larry Bird will think about his portrayal in the show. Yeah, I think, that I, was think, I think he'd love it. F Bird for sure. <laughs> Uh, well, okay. If you want to go ahead and, and share your thoughts on this, F-bomb I never saw him chewing tobacco, though. Did he chew tobacco? Yeah, he did chew tobacco. I he think. did. I know he, he drank he Budweiser. Did. I'm pretty sure. He There's did. nobody had as as big a brass balls as. I'm as... jogging my memory back, but I think he did. I think I he... never saw him chew. I know he drinks Budweiser because Charles Barkley told a story when he was in Barcelona. Him and Patrick Ewing were tight when they were there and when he did drink one night with Larry Bird, he goes, you never want to drink with, with, with Larry Bird. He drinks Budweiser. <laughs> and I, 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 he goes, I drank it. I had a headache for three days. So, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, you know, I, that, that one they got right. And of course they found a guy that looked just like him. I don't know who did the casting for the show. Seriously. We got to, they, they got to win something. They, they got to win something big, not just something small. They did. A I like that uh, underhand Rick Barry free throw too. <laughs> did, did Rick Barry really play for Houston? Yep. Yes. I don't remember that. Yep. Yep. I don't and remember then, that. Uh, and then, yeah, just the underhand. More players should go to it if they since they shoot. If you shoot below a certain percentage, you got to. Yeah, Shaq. They were trying to convince Shaq to do it. He said, yeah, absolutely but nobody not. will because nobody will. Know, they, they'd rather they would rather look good than make points. But yeah, that's right. That's but right. before we head on out, want to go ahead and mention the playoffs are now underway that the Lakers should be mm-hmm. a part of, but are not, and we do miss the yeah, Lakers. I, you know, I rooted for the Celtics today. That was really oh my gosh, thing to do, man. Well, okay, talk it's about the least, least disheartened effort. It's least favorite team in Way the to go, versus, versus my <laughs> least favorite player in Kyrie Irving. So that's very yeah, uh, that's a hard thing to do. He like didn't go. He didn't help himself. He didn't play again defense today. at the end, no. and he lost nope, the he game. Didn't, as a he didn't, they lost the game. Tatum scored the winning basket. They're up one zero. Although again, you if Boston plays like this continuously, Marcus they could Smart would have shot be, that three last year. If he could easily Good be move beat, by if they him. Continue. They, he's, they could, he's, he's really played well this year. Well, Boston escaped with the and victory. I wanted, but to, I wanted to trade for him so bad. <laughs> I, I we know we know, but Boston, if they continue to play like that, this can go seven. This can you know yeah. this could be something where they could their defense is good enough that they have a chance to yeah, go all the way. Uh, their defense when they want to, they really locked down Kevin Durant in the first half. Was really impressed with that, but then again, the second half they started to do an El Foldo right. act, and they they were actually were down in that fourth quarter. And well, I was happy to see the Nets lose. Should have lost the game. Uh, you know, again, least favorite team, least favorite players. So I don't win in any situation. Yeah, but there, there were at least two least favorite players on the other team. Heat <laughs> cruised to an easy uh, victory, one fifteen to ninety one. They lead their series. Seventy sixers on Saturday. They had a comfortable win. That was kind of surprising. Now, is there going to be they played the best game of the year? Well, uh, is there going to be anybody healthy left for the Raptors? Because yeah, they've had two players actually young and Scotty Barnes both got injured. So kind of concerned there for the Toronto Raptors and Sean Grice's choice about that. So yeah, my choice too. I had them six. Bulls and the Bucks. That was closer than I thought it would be with the Bucks pulling it out at the very end. Very interesting to see how that went down. Lakers fans uh, hating Caruso playing well. No one By the that. way, did we you realize that they thought they were going to pay seventeen point five? Yeah, you can't blame Caruso for that. this. You can't blame Caruso. I don't. I don't. No, think no. I'm wait, hating. wait a minute. Just let me finish. You just jumped to a conclusion before I even state what. Uh, okay, because you said hated Caruso. Laker fans don't hate Caruso playing. And he didn't have a good game tonight. By the way, no, they hated know. the fact that Caruso had a good game because we we lost. He didn't have a good game though. But here's the point: they estimated and told Caruso that they would end up paying $17.5 million in taxes if they signed him, matched the deal. The truth of the matter is the Lakers finished 10th. Based upon the records right now and the salaries right now, they will pay a total luxury tax of $3 million. That means that they could have signed Caruso with a one-for-one penalty. $7 million per nine million dollars or something like that not 17 million so they overinflated that whole number that they gave him and so forth because 
all of the teams. Nobody ended up paying more than 60 million. Originally, they had they had estimates for people. They had estimates where the Warriors were going to pay 180 million and the Nets were going to pay 100 million. Well, transactions that happened after that and, and moves made by the general managers of those teams, everybody cut down so that the most anybody paid was 60 million for the Warriors. And the Lakers were 10th, not third or fourth like they thought they were going to be, but 10th in the league and only spent only had to pay a fine of $3 million. As you can see, Joe, he just doesn't let this go when it comes to Alex Caruso. Let it go. Yes, let, let it go. Yes, it, it, it just Car- hurts even more. Caruso is, is, is They're a, not the Dodgers and they're not the Rams. That's for dang sure. Well, see, the thing is with the Rams, they have to deal with a hard cap. So it's, it, I think they just let, sometimes you, you, you win. You win and instead of going coming up craps, and the Rams were able to do that. The thing with baseball, the Dodgers outspent my Yankees by sixty million dollars well, a year. <laughs> George's son doesn't operate the Yankees like his dad used to. No kidding. And it didn't. It doesn't really matter. It didn't matter for a decade. I mean, they won a title in '09, but they had been spending for a decade, and they still weren't able to. And they I didn't that, spend this year. That's for sure. The, the, if you look at it, if you look at this, the the Dodgers set up this last year, they got a better player for less than half. So they're they're fiscally smart, and they develop talent, and they get guys at the at the deadline. Right, they're also spending sixty million dollars more than the Yankees, who are next. Well, I mean, you can't. You, they they didn't expect what happened to Trevor Bauer to happen. Otherwise, he would have been a fixture, and that wouldn't have been money they spent on right. on him. No, did I think the point, the point you... is is that you find that the the main motivation for the new owners of the Dodgers and and the Rams has been to win and mm-hmm. what it, and to spend. But, what but you have to you to have to understand it. too. Okay, there's there's been teams that have done what they've done and they've failed, sure. and. The thing is, you're only as good as your right. title. That's it. But, if, but there's also been teams like the Lakers who haven't spent money, and yet they seem to brag and seem to take a feeling that we'll win. It. We'll, we're the team committed to winning more than everybody else, and that's totally a false lie. Did you see that kid throw 39? The Reds. Did you see that kid throw 39 pitches over 100 miles an hour again? I was watching the game, yeah, but still, still lost. By the way, the Lakers, the Lakers have the fourth highest salary uh, in the league. I I don't know necessarily. That might be a fallacy in terms of their spending. Well, I'll wait and see about for what they'll end up doing this uh, this summer. So we'll see how much they spend, but. Before we head on out, covering the West real quickly, uh, yeah, the Suns uh, pulling away from the Pelicans at very late, kind of let them back into the game. The Pelicans fly, Pelicans. Joe's old thing, if it's within 20, it's still a game. So that's what they did today. They let the Pelicans back into the game, and they almost lost it because of Pelicans they... can't shoot for beans, man. I mean, that's a bad shooting team. Well, they, 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 if they had they shot anywhere no, close to decent, they would have actually pulled that game out. But Maver- yeah. Mavericks and Jazz, the Jazz – they got lucky because no Luca looks like no Luca in game two, maybe no Luca yeah. in game three. So that's a good sign for Jazz. But they 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 barely beat. The and Mavericks. they do. Everybody's everybody still expects. They read nothing but the fact that that uh, the coach is going to be gone. Well, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, they're going to get. They got a lucky break with Luca Doncic yeah. now. Quinn, Quinn, like Quinn is well. done there for sure. So and so the only thing the Lakers fans have to do is root for Pops to stay around another year. The Warriors look good against the Nuggets. Uh, game one, they looked really strong against the Nuggets. The new death uh, lineup. Yep, yep. And they had Curry coming back. That was obviously a big lift for them. So it really uh, played out very well. And the Timberwolves, uh, that was a surprise, beating the Grizzlies handily in, in Memphis. Your thoughts on yeah. that, Not a Joe? surprise. Not a surprise. I, I have a strong feeling that I, I don't be surprised that this is an upset. Well, there you go. Because now Edwards is starting to come into his own. Now Edwards, the first yeah. overall pick is when you come out guns a blazing in your first playoff game. Now your confidence is. Yeah. He he looked really good in the offensive. Yeah, I wish but he he's only a thirty-two percent three-point shooter, and he was hot. He was red hot in that game. Well, if he stays hot, you never know. You never know yep. what can happen. 
I, I still I still think the Grizzlies are going to prevail. Well, we'll see what happens indeed. We'll know after game two. Absolutely. There you have your NBA playoff update. We'll go ahead and update you throughout the playoffs. What's going on right here at the Lakers fast break. If you have any questions for us, Ox1947, you can find him at LakersBall.com or Joe Sorrow 5 on Twitter. It's got the little Dodger thing happening right there for you. Laker Tom is, of course, at Laker Tom. You know he's got some great articles on the way at Lakerholics.com. Shout out to Jamie Sweet also as well. Everybody out there, thank you so much for watching and listening. If you're watching this tonight, wanted to go ahead and mention to you, we wish you and yours a happy Easter, especially to Bree Marco, who gave us the heart, thumbs up as well, and a happy Easter. Also want to mention again, our great folks that watch us on YouTube. Please go ahead and check us out on YouTube and subscribe today. Love to uh, have you go ahead and be part of that. We will go ahead and make sure we answer the comments. Joe and I do best we can cover the comments petting my cat there you go see he got more than two sentences in today you can't say he didn't let him talk a lot so there you go indeed but we'll be back later this week hopefully talk more laker coaching rumors maybe more trade rumors more playoffs i don't know if we'll have watched the magic documentary they call me magic yet that's available on the 22nd so i'll probably be for next sunday show but definitely gonna share some thoughts on that when i get a chance to see it but it is the lakers fast break thanks so much for watching and we look forward to talking some more lakers later this week right here at the lakers fast break podcast